I know your family is important to you and you'd protect them at all costs. Do you know it might not cost as much as you think? Term life insurance will help protect your family from the potential burden of loans. EverQuote is here to make things easy for you to protect your family. Call 866-335-2648 to speak with an agent Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. so you can better understand your needs and so they can help you find an affordable solution. That's 866-335-2648 to speak to EverQuote today. Podcasting from the JK Twin Studios. This is the show for Reds fans by Reds fans. Each week, we take a look at the games, the players, and the stories of Cincinnati Reds baseball. Now, your hosts, Scott Evans and Nick Lawson. And welcome to another edition of the Reds fans uh, chatter <laughs> podcast. So. We're not we're not going to post this yet. Maybe we should have. That was actually somewhat entertaining. But uh, this week and maybe starting next week, uh, we may do video podcasts as well. You you can you can you can watch us uh, in our reactions and uh, see my bathroom door, <laughs> my bobblehead collection. I'm and a human bobblehead. So anyway, uh, we got way too much stuff going on. <laughs> I'm Scott Evans. He's Nick Lawson. And uh, this week's actually going to be a breakdown episode. We're going to break down our top five Reds first baseman of all time. Uh, but first, there was some uh, little bit of Reds news. We still, well, the Reds did kind of sign a shortstop. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. We'll start with that news first. The Reds announced their broadcast crew for 2021 and someone joining the team, uh, Reds Hall of Famer and National Baseball Hall of Famer, Barry Larkin. I love this. It's great. You know, I love the fact that he could uh, he could bring his knowledge of the game to the broadcast booth as well. Oh, and, and he, you know, he's had experience with uh, MLB Network. He's had experience with uh, ESPN. So it, it's not like uh, it's not like it's, it's it's just a former Reds player. It's a former Reds player with with uh, some credentials. Yeah, maybe he might be scouting David Bell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he probably likes the broadcast job much better. It's a lot less uh, pressure for him. I, I think he said I read someplace he plans on doing uh, most of the home games. Uh, maybe uh, not as many on the road. Uh, it'll be interesting how that works out and the split time between him, uh, Chris Welch, who's going to be doing some of the radio games again this year. Uh, the Cowboy, um, Chris, uh, Tommy Thrall will be doing all 162 games on radio. Uh, but the, the Reds uh, on the field, uh, there may be some questions uh, in the broadcast booth, though. Uh, I, I like all the moves they made. I like the new guy. I, I think he, he will do well. And uh, it's it's going to be a fun season, at least to listen to, no matter how good or bad they are on the field. Yeah, I mean, we'll miss Marty, but I mean, we missed Marty last year. But giving Tommy a chance, Tommy's doing he does he did a good job. I think he's gonna he's gonna have a bright future. Right, and then Jim Day goes back to what his uh, strength is. His strength wasn't adding color to the game uh, itself. His strength was adding color to the broadcast with uh, 
stories with the players, uh, his relationship with the players. Hopefully the COVID restrictions will be a little bit less this year so he can get back down on the field. I don't, I don't know how that'll work. I'm guessing they're going to keep him at a safe distance, but, uh, but I mean, they, they did uh, a little bit of that with the uh, world series where they had the uh, dugout reporters, um, with the six foot boom mic. So, uh, I, I think it can work out. Uh, it'll be, inter- it'll be fun. Um, and, uh, th- I mean, that's what he is, is good at is adding the little, the little bits and nuggets to the game. Uh, the play by play guy, they hired uh, good, great credentials with him. Um, and then, then Barry Larkin's been an analyst for, uh, ESPN. So it, it'll be fun. Plus, you know, Everybody loves Barry. I think the only other former Red I would like to see in, uh, in the broadcast booth because they have they've had him for select games in the past. He just brings a ton of energy, uh, like he did when he played. Would be Sean Casey. Yeah, Sean Casey. I mean, I, I even love a P Rose to stop in there and give his knowledge, and and he would critique some of the hitters, right. and the pitchers, and everything. That's a little bit. That's that's still tougher with uh, the whole Pete situation, though. But. Uh, um, but you know, Larkin, Larkin's going to do great. Uh, I think I would still love to see him manage one day, but, uh, I mean, he, he may, he may love just, uh, working the, 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 uh, the booth because you know, when you're there, you're always right. Cause everybody talks, you know, Jeff Brantley needs to be the pitching coach, but if he was the pitching coach and Sonny Gray gives up two home runs in a game. They're not going to be saying that uh, <laughs> that the Cowboys, right? They're going to be saying uh, whoever is doing the analyst up in the uh, booth, especially if it's a former pitcher, is the one that needs to be the pitching coach. Yeah, I, I even like Jeff when he's calling the games on radio. I think he just brings a lot of, you know, the Southern style to it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, he has that. Former players, though, uh, I mean, former players are, are really the best of color because they've been out on the field. They know what's going on in the mind of the pitcher or the mind of the hitter, and and they can add that to the game that, uh, you know, uh, Tommy Thrall is not going to be able to. He's never he's never been out there, but he, he can definitely, you know, add the entertainment, tell the story of what's going on in the game. Uh, so I, th- I think the Reds have a really good balance for their broadcast team this year. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty solid all the way around. So uh, I think that wraps up the news. I think the Reds did make one minor league uh, signing today with a pitcher. Uh, pretty decent stats uh, for a minor league signing. I think he has under four ERA lifetime. I can't find yeah, his Cam, name. Cam Bedrosian. <laughs> yeah. Cam, Cam Bedrosian, he was uh, um, with the Angels. Um, he had, his, his stats were bad last year. It was only like 18 games or something like that, but he was uh, he's pretty solid. All right. Well, let's get into our topic this week. Our topic is our top five first baseman for the Reds of all time. I'm going to let you start with number five. You're number five, then we'll go back and forth with uh, – with each other, we'll, we'll talk about the player, and then we'll talk about him again if uh, if our numbers don't match because we have not talked about this ahead of time, so uh, it, it'll be interesting. So, who's your number five? Well, my number five. I'm going by fielding percentage, not by hitters. I'm going by fielding percentage. So, Pete Rose is my number five. 
All right. So Pete, of course, uh, played multiple positions uh, as a red. Only started first base one time on opening day. Which is hard to believe. That's believable. <laughs> and that was in 1985. Of course, you, well, that, that actually does make sense because during the Big Red Machine days, he was a third baseman and an outfielder. And then uh, when he came, he didn't really start playing first base full time until after he left the Red. So I guess that does kind of make sense when you think about it. So, so at, well, if you look at his all his positions, he's played first base more than any other position. Oh, really? You know, his career was so long that. So, uh, yeah, looking at 24 years, he's played everywhere. I I know he's like your favorite player of all time. Of course. Yeah, yeah. I know we have video going on, but you still have to speak. Oh, but uh, no, so Pete. Uh, I'm speaking. I'm trying. Right. Uh, Pete, of course, uh, playing first base uh, had 8,000, or I'm sorry, 4,085 plate appearances, hit uh, 284, 366 on base percentage, and uh, uh, definitely, uh, definitely worthy of a top five. And he just happens to be my number five. First baseman as well. Awesome. <laughs> so uh, moving on, who is your number? I did my homework. Who is your number four first baseman? Uh, my number four is Dan Dreesen. And w- w- why did you pick Dan Dreesen? Uh, he had a 994 fielding percentage, which was higher than Tony Perez. Uh, which was higher than Pete Rose. Right. So he so I went with that. Yeah, he, so, was, he, he never won a gold glove, but. Right. Dreesen uh, started eight opening days for the Reds. Not a bad pick. No, not a bad pick. Uh, looking at some of his other stats uh, in his career. Of course, uh, you know, he wasn't wasn't a starter uh, for the first part of his career because he was on a very loaded uh, big red machine. Didn't really get the start until the Reds traded Tony Perez. One of the worst trades ever. <laughs> but then again, he's your number four first baseman and a Reds Hall of Famer. That's true. <laughs> so at first base, uh, Dan Tony Dre- was more popular though. D- Dan Dreesen actually had more plate appearances for the Reds at first base than Pete Rose. Uh, 51 60. He, uh, hit 266, 356 on base and, uh, 416 slugging. Um, I did not have him on my list. Who is your number four? My number four was big clue. Nice pick. Uh, of course, you know, uh, I, I went more overall player than just uh, than just their defensive stats. So, Clue, uh, he played in, it looks like about eight, two, three, four, five, six, no, nine uh, opening day starter, starts at first base. Uh, played uh, for the Reds uh, for um, a total of 
11 years, uh, I think all of them at first base, uh, hit 302, 357 on base percentage, 512 slugging, uh, 20 stolen bases, which kind of surprised me because you don't think of him as a base runner. In today's no, game, he was the power guy. Well, you know, in today's game, he would uh, he probably wouldn't be allowed to steal. Probably not. Uh, but he didn't have sleeves either. So how many games did he have with no sleeves? <laughs> Don't have that stat. Uh, he had uh, <laughs> only three hundred and sixty-five strikeouts in his career, and that's not that's amazing. And that's including uh, outside the Reds. For the Reds, he only had two hundred and ninety-two. That's amazing. In eleven years. I mean, you look at guys today that just they strike out every like two point three oh, bats. I mean, he didn't strike out at all. Even the great uh, hitters of the day, like a Trout or a Votto, they strike out way more than Clue did. I mean, even Albert Pujols, Pujols does not strike out. Right. Uh, Clue had power hitter, a guy six hundred plus home runs doesn't strike out. Right, two hundred fifty one home runs for Clue. Uh, so he lands at my number four. So who's your number three? My number three is Joey Votto. And what put you're going straight fielding percentage for your list, right? I'm going straight fielding percentage because of fact, well, he's won gold gloves. He's, uh, he didn't have a great 2020 at first base, but, uh, in the past he has. Yeah. 12 seasons, which is crazy to think about that. He's been here that long for one. It seems like just yesterday that, uh, he was taking over for Scott Hatteberg at first base, you know, Mr. Moneyball. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and I love that movie. And, you know, today, Votto, uh, he's, I mean, if the Reds were going to have a captain today, it would be Votto, uh, I think, just because his longevity, he's kind of the quiet leader, though. Larkin was a little bit too when he was the last, of course, last player to get the captain uh, badge put on him, but, uh, but, yeah, Votto, I, I think, is definitely in the top five. He is not my number three, though. And we'll go through more of his stats when we get to, to where he is on my countdown. Uh, my number three, and I talked about him a little bit earlier, Sean Casey. Yeah, I didn't uh, did not include Sean Casey on my list. Yeah, Casey. I've got a little, I got a little older. Yeah. <laughs> Casey, uh for me, uh, was, you know, the epitome, he was the mayor. Um, you know, he wasn't the greatest at everything, but if you put everything together, uh, it, it just kind of works out. Uh, 302, uh, career average, uh, uh, including his time away from the Reds, uh, with the Reds, a, uh, 305 batting average, 371 on base percentage, uh, team leader, uh, everything that you need from a corner, Corner fielder, uh, I don't think he had as many. St- you know what? I'm looking at his stolen bases. Uh, yeah, his was below clues, but because <laughs> Casey was not the speed speedster. No, he wasn't at all. But he tried. I he, mean, tried. he tried. Uh, he he got three all all star uh, all star awards. Uh, one uh, one time placed 14th in the MVP voting in '99. Uh, uh, so. He uh, comes in number three on my list. Who is your number two? Good choice. My number two is Ted Kazuski. All right. We talked about Ted earlier. And uh, what was his fielding percentage? 
He had a nine nine four fielding percentage. God, yeah. uh, I don't think they had gold gloves for when back when he played, but uh, he probably would have won a couple of them. Probably, yeah, I would, I would think so. Of course, uh, I, I'd love to see a player like uh, Clue today. Doesn't strike out, tons of power, good defense. He'd be like a number one draft pick. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really draft back then either, or not the same way they do today anyway. Right. All right, my number two, Tony Perez. Big doggy. I, I mean, I, without Tony Perez, I don't think the I think the I think he's a key piece of the big red machine. Uh, six seasons uh, as the opening day starter. Seven seasons. There was one uh, earlier in his career. Of course, he also played third base uh, for the Reds uh, as a Red. I mean, the stats, everyone knows the stats are just Hall of Fame worthy. 283 batting average, 346 on base, 474. Uh, that's his career or career numbers. Uh, that's his numbers with Cincinnati for 16 years uh, playing third and first base. Um, I mean, I, I don't know if he's your number one. We'll find out in a minute, but uh, definitely top five. It, it was very close in my uh determinations between him and my number one uh but i but uh definitely one of the best first basemen of all time for the reds would be tony perez absolutely so who is your number one uh my number one i went way back frank mccormick he played first base in the 40s he had a 995 fielding percentage he never made an error Never. It was very good. How many seasons? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't have my stat box up here. Uh, But he played throughout the forties. Yeah, he he started first base on eight opening days for the Reds. Uh, I'm pulling up his stats now. A thirty-one point eight WAR for his career, which puts him above uh, Sean Casey, um, who was on my list uh, for Cincinnati. Uh, 301 hitter, 350 on base percentage, 437 uh, slugging. Um, he didn't strike out either. 149 strikeouts in 10 years. Wow. Uh, Very good. 339 walks. So he didn't really walk much either. 100, 110 home runs, not a power hitter. Of course, you know, the ballparks were much different back then too. And the, he played. He played at Crosley Field. I mean, played Crosley Field. Played in the dead ball era. Yep. Uh, fourteen hundred and thirty nine hits, but I mean, no errors in twelve hundred and twenty eight games. That that's impressive. That's amazing. That is. Yeah, I mean, so and, he's my number one. Oh yeah, he had multiple time All Star. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven eight-time All-Star, won the MVP award in 1940. See, I did my homework. We were talking about this last week. You're going to do your homework. Oh, right. I did my homework. So I like Frank McCormick. Absolutely. Is he in the Reds Hall of Fame? I would think so, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm, not sure. I'm going to look for it next time I go down there, which may be this weekend if it ever thaws out. Yeah, I've had enough snow. Enough snow. <laughs> and ice. I would have rather had the 20. I feel, I feel bad for the people. 
Oh, I feel bad for the people in Texas. But. Uh, absolutely. And Oklahoma, Terrible. Kansas. Uh, yeah. I mean, there there's power issues that go beyond just the ice storm. Um, yeah. So it's something that hopefully we look at, but most likely it's going to get worse before it gets better. Just hopefully, yeah, hopefully it stays on here. And now in Eastern Kentucky, uh, they got hit pretty hard with ice as well. Uh, they're without power. Roads are uh, impassable through the mountains. So uh, it, it's ugly. And we're supposed to get more tomorrow night or Thursday. Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm ready for spring. Okay. What's your number one, Scott? I probably know who it is. Oh, yeah. Joey Votto. <laughs> uh definitely i mean just the overall package and, and like you said the last couple of years the defense uh takes away a little bit but overall he's been a gold glover uh once uh mvp award winner once should have won it twice because in in uh 2017 i th- i think he got jobbed i think he had a better season overall than stanton uh, didn't get the con. Of course, he already had the contract, so he wasn't going to get paid like uh, Stanton did with the Yankees. But uh, uh, he should have got it then. He was third place MVP in 2015 as well. If the Reds would have not been at the start of the rebuild back then, he probably would have uh, been higher up in the voting then as well. Uh, so I mean, overall player at first base, I think he's the best the Reds have had defensively. You know, I, I didn't really go deep into into the de- defensive stats like you did. So McCormick, he uh, looking back, I probably would have added him to my list. I don't know if he would have been number one or not, but the, ten years and no errors is that's impressive. I mean, if we would have had a top ten, I, I would have threw Tony Perez on there and Sean Casey, and but probably Hal Morris. I mean, Hal Morris was a pretty good player as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, Maybe even Todd Benzinger. Yeah, Hal Morris, Todd Benzinger. Of course, they were on the '90s teams that are just so beloved by the Reds or by Reds fans. Or even Nick Asaski is a guy we didn't think about either. You know what's crazy? So you said Frank McCormick had zero errors. Mm-hmm. Guess how many Votto has in 14 seasons at first base? A hundred. Close. Ninety. <laughs> yeah, he has. He has 97 errors. Oh my God! I was, I, I, I was close. I, I want to now. I got to fact check you on the McCormick just because it's so. That is such an unbelievable stat. He was very good. I was surprised to see his fielding percentage. It was crazy. He had a thousand per, fielding percentage, or let's see. He was a nine nine five. Nine nine five. Yeah, he made some errors. I'm pretty sure he made some errors with having a nine nine five. Oh, okay. Yeah, Not, yeah. You were a little bit off on many. that. Yeah, he didn't have many, though. He had 78. That's not bad. No, no, no. It's not zero. Now, a couple of seasons, he did have zero. He did, he did have zero uh, errors as a right fielder and an, and a uh, just general outfielder. He played second. I was just saying in, gener- I was just saying in generality about yeah, he had zero. I didn't really mean that he had zero. Oh, okay. Well, I was <laughs> I was like I was I was uh, giving him credit. I mean, Seventy eight still impressive, but uh, when it, when you said zero, I'm like, wow. <laughs> no, if if he would have had if his fielding percentage was one thousand, he would have had no errors. Right. But nine nine five is still impressive. Oh, absolutely. And what was Votto's fielding percentage? I know you have that up there. 
I believe he was about nine nine three. Oh, okay. So pretty close. Uh, Vado played a few more years, and as he's getting older, I, I think I, I think his Gold Glove days is pro- are probably behind him. Uh, I, I think he can come back with his bat uh, more than the last couple of years. I mean, the bar is pretty low with that, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, that, that's pretty impressive. So, yeah, Reds have had a lot of uh, a lot of first basemen, a lot of really good first basemen throughout the years, and um, it, it's still kind of hard to believe that Votto has played fourteen, is going into his fourteen, fifteen season with the Reds. It seems like it's he's been here f- just yesterday. I remember his, uh, I think his major league debut. He had, uh, just took over for Scott, like you said, Scott Hatterberg. Right. And, and we, we knew, we knew he had something. We knew it for sure, by the way, he was just the way he took, he was at the plate, the way he played first base. Right. I think there were some Reds fans back then. Uh, of course it wasn't social media, it was message boards, but you know, Scott Hatterberg, great on base guy. You didn't realize what you're getting with Joey Votto. And I think some people were concerned yeah. that you're putting Joey Votto, you're getting rid of the on base guy and Scott Hatterberg, but, uh, yeah, that that was because I mean, back then some people wanted to trade Votto for I can't even remember the pitcher's name now because he kind of he was one of the top pitchers at the time, but uh, I think his career kind of went down here hill pretty quickly after that. Uh, it was Philly's pitcher. I can't remember remember the name, but um, Votto's name was brought up in, in trade rumors back then. People were upset that it didn't happen. I think it was shortly after they had drafted uh, Yonder Alonso. Oh, yeah. Yonder Alonzo really panned out, didn't he? Yeah. Fun story about Yonder Alonzo before we wrap up the show. So uh, occasionally I will find either good deals or uh, win or just find or find diamond seats. <laughs> I think these were won at a season ticket event. And uh, anyway, me and my friend were there, and uh, Yonder Alonzo and his family were sitting right beside us uh, during the game. Right, right after he had signed. Really? Yes. Wow. That, that's my only Yonder Alonzo memory with the Reds. That and the uh, attempt to making letting he play. Here, he wasn't here very long. And, and the attempt to having play left field. And third base. Oh my god. <laughs> I don't want to. Still talk. not the worst. I don't want to get into that. Still not the worst third baseman in Reds history that was overhyped. That was Johnny Bench. No, no. There was one worse than Johnny Bench because <laughs> Bench was – he was there because basically because the NL didn't have a DH, they put him at third base. Uh, I guess his knees couldn't take catching yeah. anymore. The worst yeah. third base of all time, Brandon Larson. I, I You know, the, the shocking thing is his last name is close to mine, and I would have been a better <laughs> third baseman than him. Yep. And I'm left-handed. Yeah, 179 batting average, negative 0.9 war, and uh, I'm gonna look and see how many he may have had more uh, more errors in one season, or actually he played a lot longer than one season with the Reds. Uh, he had 11 11 uh, errors in 73 games. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. So you, I, I'm, I'm impressed with the list. Uh, fun. It was a, definitely a fun night or fun uh, show to do. Um, and then next week we're going to try something new. We may do the video, but I think we're going to simulcast on Clubhouse. 
which is it's a, gonna be new. It's a brand new, new app. app. We're gonna uh, try it. Some people don't. Uh, you can only get it if you have an invite and an iPhone. So uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, you can't join unless you give us prior written commission or permission to to join in. We may uh, try that as well. Uh, so. Uh, should be fun. Should be interesting. And then we may do video as well. And, uh, you can look at our ugly mugs. Yeah. That's not something I would wish on anybody, <laughs> but, uh, next week we're going to be talking, uh, hopefully it's, uh, we did a spring training review last week. Hopefully next week, uh, there'll be something else to talk about. Well, the first spring training games on February 28th, so we'll have something after that to talk right, about. Right, right, right. So next week, uh, kind of breaking down some of the shows coming up, uh, next week will be a hot stove edition. Hopefully they sign a shortstop. Please do. Please. Man, we need one. <laughs> my, 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 now, my expectations for shortstop right now are really low. Right, right. Uh, I, I'm hoping on. a breakout year for Blandino right now. I mean, trade for Willie Adames or something. Somebody do something. <laughs> uh, the following week, uh, we were going to go into the mascots, and uh, hopefully we'll be uh, talking to uh, Mr. Redlegs. That's hope, man. I love to see him. He doesn't even talk, though. I mean, how's that going to work? <laughs> uh, in uh, week 10 uh, or the week of March 9th, we're going to uh, hopefully talk about the first few weeks of spring training, uh, the results going through. Uh, the following week, another breakdown. We're going to look at the short but actually long career of manager Brian Price, who has disappeared off the face of the earth since he retired. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but <laughs> And then on March 30th, uh, we'll do a season preview and hopefully talk about our brand-new shortstop. Yeah, I mean, you know, by opening day, we have a, a brand-new shortstop, somebody to actually play the position. So Let's get excited for something. Until next week, go Reds. Go Reds. <laughs>